Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I D O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. so much for tuning in to today's show where I welcome Dr. Jessica Higgins. And today, Jessica and I dive into criticism in relationships. And we cover a lot of different topics within that. I really enjoyed this conversation with Jessica where she gave a lot of specific examples from her own relationship. And I think it's valuable to know that even a relationship expert with two graduate degrees in psychology, I wouldn't say struggles, but has conflict, has criticism in their relationship and has to navigate it. And she shares the tools that she's able to do that with. And we talk about why criticism comes up in relationships, what to do when you feel criticized, specific scripts 
for dialogue with your partner around this and much more. I really enjoyed today's conversation with lots of valuable tips from Jessica. And as I already mentioned, Dr. Jessica holds two graduate degrees in psychology, two coaching certifications, and over 20 years of experience helping clients achieve successful results. She also is the host of her own podcast called the Empowered Relationship Podcast, where she helps people navigate the terrain of long-lasting intimacy, where she helps people navigate the terrain of long-lasting intimacy more skillfully and mindfully. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Enjoy today's show. Hi, Jessica. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. Today, we're going to talk about criticism in relationships. And I thought a good place for us to start would be having you tell our listeners what criticism looks like, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. Well, I think it's helpful to just normalize that most people in the Western world use the critical thinking skills to some degree or another. Some use it more in their line of work, whether or not they're executives, scientists, attorneys, what have you. And even throughout schooling, this is typically something that we are usually getting positive reinforcement for, which is how to achieve, how to perform, how to better up-level these type of things. And that takes a level of critical thinking that gets us there. Where it becomes challenging is when we enter into the relational space and an intimate relationship. We don't always have the conscious awareness that, oh, there's a different approach that's helpful. So typically our partner is not interested in being evaluated or being assessed. And that's particularly when it's unsolicited. So I think in partnership, we have a front row seat to one another. I do think there's a space where we can say, hey, I have some thoughts. Not sure if you're open to hearing what I'm thinking or if you're interested, but I'd love to share if you are. So that is a form of getting solicited. Like that's a form of getting an agreement. But typically when we are leading with complaint or criticism, there's a lot going on underneath, but it's a, it's a, it tends to be more of an intellectual approach. We're trying to approach the content in hopes that our partner will be able to interpret our emotional need or request and respond to us emotionally. Although we've led with the intellectual issue and brought something to them in a way that we're describing the other. And it's very, very common. And it also sets things up for real miss, missing one another emotionally. I love how you said evaluated or assess, because to me, those are just nicer ways of saying criticism, <laughs> right? And that's probably what a lot of people think they're doing. And especially this day and age, there's, which is great. There's lots of relationship information out there. There's on Instagram, it seems to be, it's always in my feed and, and I love it. But I think that I would imagine probably adds to it. Like, it's like we have more knowledge and it's like, well, I'm going to bring this to my partner. You know, I, I read about this and, and it's often maybe not valuable. So can you talk a little bit about the difference and and you mentioned how we approach it too, but the difference between like an honest assessment or evaluation or notice something and criticism. Yeah, they're on the kind of continuum. So I think it's dials, not switches. Like I think that they're all kind of related. And I think anytime we're even evaluating or assessing our significant other unwelcomed or unsolicited, we're entering into territory that we're getting into their lane and they're likely not going to be so responsive or receptive to it. And so one of the things that is really important to mention here in intimate relationship, I believe the main glue is the emotional bond and feeling connected, feeling seen, nurturing that. And that's not to take away from the autonomy and the individual pursuit and being able to have the freedom to live one's life, but it's how we do it together where we have each other's back. And so when we feel that sense of safety in the relational space, 
then that's typically where we feel that bondedness. And that's typically why we partner in modern day living. We don't really need each other to raise children, to earn a living, to survive, but we do need this sense of love and connection to survive. And we can have it in other forms, but this is typically the main motivator in relationships. So when we get into that intellectual critical space, it's going against the very thing that we're seeking in relationship is to feel seen, to feel understood, to feel responded to, to feel known and reciprocally both people engaged in that. So I think it is important to say that that usually when we're telling someone about themselves or calling them out, it's usually going to be not really responded to very favorably. It's probably going to be met with defensiveness. However, what I mentioned is if we can slow down and start to access what is on the inside for us. So that would typically looks like a reveal or a request. I like to kind of distill it to that because if we're habitually or automatically pointing the finger to our partner and it's human nature to do that, right? If we even look at any circumstance where we feel physically injured or a child, right? They're going to point to the thing that hurts. We point to the thing that is the issue, right? That's just a natural thing when we have an ouch. And yet again, in if we can slow that down, it doesn't give our partner a whole lot to work with if we're telling them about themselves because it doesn't really say... Like if you and I are relating in some form or fashion and I lead and call something out that I'm seeing in you, you're going to be pretty preoccupied with that characterization. And like, is that true? Here's how it's not true. And we're often running about you and how you're operating when really the whole reason why I'm bringing it up in the first place is I have an emotional experience that I'm wanting you to see, but I'm not really revealing that to you. I'm not showing you my belly. I'm just giving you content in hopes that you'll be able to decode it. Or I have a request and I haven't really... I just interviewed Zach Brittle on my uh, podcast, The Empowered Relationship Podcast. And he said, criticism is just a bad ask. And I love that because it's just, we haven't really slowed down enough to know what is it that we're really wanting and can we lead with that so our partner can really see that. There's so much there. And, and yeah, it is so valuable if we can ask that of ourselves is like, well, why am I feeling critical? Like, because there's, there's something underneath there and dissecting that. So that's important for, for our listeners out there. Can you speak to someone that's listening and they're like, I feel that my partner is, is coming with criticism a bit too often. Maybe you can speak to what too often looks like to me it might be <laughs> once because <laughs> yeah. it's not going to feel yeah. good and how to address that with our partner mm-hmm. yeah that's a great question i would be really helpful to concretize this in some examples i can use myself i i very much try to practice what i speak about so i love the gottmans they do a lot of great research they've done a lot around criticism and one of the things that they also speak about is every relationship with two partners and a um, monogamous relationship, there's typically seven to eight irreconcilable differences, meaning you have the spender, the saver, the extrovert, the introvert. So relationship and long-term intimacy, we're bound to come across these differences that can feel on face value, really conflictual. And so for example, so I'm going to get to your question. So how does one handle when their significant other is approaching them with criticism? And I will say I work a lot with people who are the critter, the ones that are tend to be more critical. So how to kind of, because what people do is they'll try to just say, I'm going to willpower. I'm going to just stop doing this. And they don't actually have a sense of why that tendency exists, how it got developed and what it's in service of. Because again, if we don't know these deeper layers, like if my partner were to do X, Y, and Z, what would that allow me to feel, right? We don't always have the awareness around that. So it's just um, a more automatic tendency to just lead with that criticism. So coming back to, I guess I have a few examples. I have a deeper one and then a not so deeper one. 
uh, one simple one is not so long ago, I would say probably six or seven months ago, we were in Asheville, North Carolina, and we were at the kitchen table and we were trying to decide. We were there temporarily and we were saying, you know, there's a lot on the plate for both of us. And we were saying, do we want to go to the coast to check out the beach? And it was feeling a little bit much, but I, between the two of us, I tend to be big ideas. I tend to want to do more. I tend to add my time management isn't as dialed in where my husband will tend to do less in service of things being smoother, more efficient and not overwhelming. So that's a little bit of a backdrop to kind of our temperaments as far as approaching things. And I was excited and I was rattling off a bunch of ideas and when we might be able to squeeze it in. And uh, initially, I was noticing that he was being negative or what I perceived as maybe negative and even not so name calling, but just like, why do we need to stress ourselves out or what, you know, was kind of taking issue with what I was kind of offering and I was checking in with myself and I'm like, I don't, I don't feel stressed. I don't feel, and I could feel the impulse to want to get defensive. Like, no, let me explain. This is coming from a good place. Like, you know, to explain why it was, wasn't bad or, but I, I think we had been around the block enough. I mean, we've been together 17 plus years and we've worked a lot of patterns. So I, I, we've, been around the block enough with this particular thing. So I slowed down and I was like, oh, okay. So what he's having issue or there's, I was like, is there some like resistance or break you're feeling here? And he's like, yeah. And I, and I was just getting curious with him. And I was like, well, something about this isn't working for you. And just what I know about him. And I was querying. So I was getting curious and I was like, is this feeling overwhelming or is this feeling like too much? And he was like, yes. And I was like, great. Okay. Like I can pivot towards that. I can't pivot towards I'm too much. I'm overwhelming. I'm stressing us out. I'm um, whatever the things he was saying. And so that shifted everything. Once I could understand he had a deeper need, he was revealing to me, yes, with a little query that he was starting to feel like it was too much. And I was like, absolutely. I appreciate your wisdom in having a better gauge between the two of us around pacing and managing things. So I could turn towards that. I wanted to show up for that. I do not want to overwhelm him. And it was easy to try to align with like, can we think about this in a way that would feel more relaxing or more paced? So that's a way in which one can try to stay with the other person. It's almost like don't take the first the first bite or don't, don't bite on the first go around. If you can stay with them around, okay, tell me what this would mean for you. If I was to do X, Y, and Z, what would that allow you to feel? Or what is it that you're wanting here? Or can you say a little bit more about what you're experiencing? So not just going for that first criticism because that it's, it's not about, it's really not about me or the the person on the other side. It's really about the person that's sending something or laying the concern at, at their feet. I love that. I love that example. And it's such a valuable skill to develop is that curiosity because our natural reaction is defensiveness and dig our heels in. And like you said, take that bite, (laughs) you know, instead of cultivating the curiosity and it's such a beautiful tool because then you don't spiral and, and you could say, Hey, you know, what's going on? And, it takes a, a real practice to to not bite and, and step back like you did in that example. Just to stay with you right here, it is, I often tell people it's like a ninja move because <laughs> it requires like staying regulated, tolerating some of the discomfort and, and trying to almost let it go by you so that you can stay with the other person. But it's not easy to your point. And there's many examples where my husband will do this for me. So I'm not trying to, it just ends up being that I was able to execute it in that way in that moment. But I love that description, a ninja move. I'm I'm picturing like matrix style, like you're, you're bending back and the criticism's going by and then you stand up and you, you ask a question, Hey, hey what <laughs> out of curiosity and then just deflates the, the situation. It can, let's talk about if with this example, if you do get curious and you ask and your partner's not really able to articulate and, and maybe they dig in a little bit more, then how can you begin to navigate 
forward. Yeah. I mean, we all, I'm sure I can absolutely recall times where I didn't feel regulated. I did feel activated and wanted to react. And I remember long ago, I really came into the commitment around, okay, if things are starting to feel tense, can I assess or can I recognize, am I trying to be right? Or am I actually trying to be in a place of moving towards resolution? And that's been really, really helpful for me because I I have been a little bit more of the fight person. <laughs> I'm like, okay, and not not physically, obvious. Well, not obviously, but physically, no, but more verbally, I can appreciate the banter and go toe-to-toe, those type of things. And it's not constructive, right? I recognize that. So if I recognize I'm not in a place where I can stay regulated and in the neuroscience, right? Be in the prefrontal cortex where I can be assessing and being able to perceive my husband's emotions more clearly and be able to respond to him. And it's, and he's giving me clear signals that he's not interested in going deeper. And I think it is really worthy to bring pause. I uh, interviewed one, someone about stress types and she was saying, separate to regulate. And I just think that's a really beautiful way of recognizing that we could benefit from regulating and coming back. And I know a lot of people will feel challenged by that if they have any experience with loss or feelings of abandonment. And so just the commitment around we're pausing, but we're coming back and really having that clarity can be very reassuring for the one that is worried it's going to get pushed under the rug. So to be concise, I think setting some limits or boundaries, if someone's not willing to participate and rooting around around what else might be here, then, okay, let's, it's okay, right? Like, let's just give some space so that we can get a little bit more clear and we want to have resolution. We want to have a deeper understanding and let's get a little bit more grounded before we can kind of approach this in a way that we can achieve that more productively. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving Relationship Advice listeners 10% off when you visit Hero dot co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing. And they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie. Their white bread is so good and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family and we all walked to the lake and the only bread we had in the house was Hero Bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any Hero Bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab and go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. That's I do at H E R O dot 
co. When you work full time, have kids and run a podcast, it's hard to make time for a multiple step skincare protocol. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. Let me repeat it. They make it easy no complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase when using the code I do when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around. It's all thanks to OneSkin's revolutionary OS-01 peptide, the first ingredient proven to deactivate aging cells responsible for lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. Unlike traditional skincare products that only mask symptoms, OneSkin pioneered a new approach integrating tissue engineering and cutting-edge science to enhance skin biology for lasting resilience against aging. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using the code IDO at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code IDO. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. We're talking about both sides of the equation, right? Like sometimes we're going to be on the receiving end and sometimes we're going to be critical. So let's talk about the person that, that may be criticizing and what you find is usually at play when, when we're being critical. Yes. Well, I can use another example. This is a little bit more uh, deeper and, and as far as the, topic goes. So I think it comes back to what I was saying a moment ago. If we can slow down enough to have some self-reflection, some real unpacking around what is this bringing up for me? What is it that I'm needing? It can be really helpful so that when we come to our partner to try to have some repair or try to get some support or resolution or even get their response or get their help with something, that if we can bring that information, they're going to be so much better equipped to be able to respond to that again versus, like you said, the ninja move or the matrix move. Um, On an aside, there's a martial art it's named, it's titled Aikido. And there's this whole relational where you actually step off the line. So, but you stay, it's almost like if you're squared up and you're on a straight line, you, you step off to one side or the other, but you do it in a diagonal. So you're still connected to them because they'll tell you in uh like self-defense classes, you don't really ever want to turn your back to someone who's kind of a little bit of an aggressor at the moment, right? That's just a little bit more vulnerable place. So if you can pivot to stay connected, but you're off that line of attack. So as you imagine that bullet's going straight, you get off that line, you're still with them. You can still observe everything that's happening, but you're not in harm's way. So it's a, it's a, it is a good metaphor to work with when we're on the receiving end. So that was a little bit of an aside. So when we come back to this, having some inquiry, so if we can get in touch with that request or that reveal, then our significant others more likely to respond to us in a way where they're getting it and they can actually turn towards. So as an example, one of the perpetual conflicts that my husband and I have worked, but really confronted a lot in those early stages of dating and even marriage, where when we had something that was triggering for both of us, his tendency is to shut down a little bit more, be a little bit more contained. And I have known loss in my life and do know I have this fear sometimes of like, oh, do you want to work on this? Are we still good? Are you still there? And fear of abandonment type of thing. 
And so in those early stages, if we were having a conflict, I mean, legit, there was one time and we still tease about this. We were on the couch, we were talking about something, it was heated. And he was like, almost falling asleep. And I'm like, are you freaking for real? (laughs) It's like, what is happening right now? And he would get his system, he would get a little overwhelmed. And it was just kind of his natural kind of like, I feel sleepy. And so, yeah, I'm sure people are appreciating like on the receiving end of like what that, how we might interpret that. So for the one that could be a little bit more critical, I could call that out around like, what's wrong with you? Do you not care? Like I can put project all my interpretations onto him of like, you're not engaged, you're not this, you're not that. And really, I had, again, enough contact with these principles actually was starting to do a dissertation on conscious intimate relationship. I hadn't really like delved into the research research yet, but I had read enough books and was like super curious about how do people do this? So I had enough to work with. So I, I, I held back some of those tendencies and it was a process of real emotional vulnerability of like, Oh, like I, I'm afraid I like him more than he likes me, or I'm afraid that he's not into this as much as I am. And, oh, like what this brings up for me. And so to tell him and really show him, it could be a smaller version or a bigger version, but the small version would be when we're in conflict and it doesn't look like you're engaging, I get freaked out or I get scared that you're not there. And I worry that... I'm alone in this, or you don't want this, or you're not with me. And I will tell you again, however many years we've been together, when I have entered into that vulnerable state of revealing to him and soften, he's able to turn towards me. And I'm getting the thing that I actually need, which is how he genuinely feels. And luckily, He's been very in and wanting to engage and cares deeply. And this this then starts to lend towards the dynamics that couples get into. If I'm pursuing him and any even subtly like questions that I think are skillful, but the energy of it is still seeking him out. He might perceive that as he's doing something wrong and try to brace himself and try to calibrate and yet... Again, on the outside, I just see containment or even distancing or turning away. And then that starts to trigger my feelings of like, where are you? Are you with me? So when we can reveal and show this vulnerability, it really does give a softened, more access to those deeper layers. And I will say he's to date never not responded like 100% of the time when I can be in this place of showing him what it means for me and the meaning around it, he responds. And that's, it's like the thing I don't want to do. And it's, you know, less now because I get the benefit and I'm so uh, in service of what is on the other side. But in those early days, I was like, this is the thing that's unlovable. It's not sexy. It's like all the things I don't want to do. And yet it's the very thing that shifts it and sets the kind of tension. And so I'm really grateful to have the willingness to lean into that. And I see it in my work over and over and over again, when people take these emotional risks and are able to say what's on the inside and how their partner responds, it's like moves mountains. And it's, it's very vulnerable. And it's also like a ninja move to go to sit with ourselves, be like, all right, this is the underlying feeling. This is how I'm feeling hurt. And rather than shutting down or running away or attacking, right, this reptilian response, we sit with ourselves and and then we bring it to our partner. And like you said, like often if it's a healthy relationship and this person is also practicing these things, they're going to be like, they're going to see you, you know, and they might not respond perfectly, but it's going to stop that cycle. Like you're saying, Yes, and it's such a, and I wish we learn these things when we're in grade school, you know, and and better late than never. But that's why I love having these conversations and being able to share this information, because we all just want to feel understood and be seen. And and it can get complicated and with our romantic relationships, family, friends. But 
that example you just gave, if we're able to practice that, and, and then the previous example from both sides, we're going to go a long way in, in relating better, feeling understood, feeling more connected, but easier said than done. But, easier said than done, But the yes. more we practice it, you know, the more it becomes second nature. And we were talking before the show, you know, you're approaching, you're obviously a professional and I've had over 400 of these conversations and I know yeah. this information, but in the heat of the moment, when we're feeling hurt and we just want to shut down rather than go to our partner and say, hey, I'm feeling scared that you say you want space and that makes me feel abandoned, you know, then we just go into these reactive modes and, and that's okay, you know, but the more we're able to sit for a second and, and implement these tools, like you're saying, it, it's just such a beautiful thing to be able to do. So thank you for sharing those examples. And it's very valuable to have from someone with a doctorate degree and a practicing therapist in relationship to share this because it's a practice. It is. And I have clients who describe being armored up with each other or just how quick the tendency. I mean, it's nanoseconds that we're, I mean, I still feel it. I'm not immune to feeling my defensiveness or reactivity. And both of us, my husband and I notice our reactions and we've, we miss the mark often. And luckily we do practice enough that we can find our way. So I think the research shows it's successful couples, so to speak if there is such a thing, that it's not so much that they don't have conflict, it's that they know how to find each other or get back into repair. And we both have trauma in our background. We both didn't come from super optimal upbringings. And so there has been things that we've had to negotiate and hadn't weren't wasn't modeled for us or just to feel vulnerable and challenged by. And yet I think for me... I know the old ways didn't work. And so really looking for, okay, like I don't want to create that level of toxicity in previous relationships, right? I want to be creating something and participating in a different dynamic. And so I have to really look at how I'm willing to engage or what my moves are. And can I, can I have some ownership around that? Again, way easier said than done because it does feel incredibly scary and terrifying at times because it's usually this is our intimate partner is a person often that matters the most when we look at those uh, reptilian kind of instinctual threats that that bondedness, the person that matters the most in our love an adult romantic relationship, they're the ones that will feel most threatening more than a friend or family member. I mean, family members have their own, you know, unique styles of triggering us, I'm sure. But uh, there's something unique about, you know, being seen and, and held in a positive light from the person that matters the most, like that we're very quick to re react. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Hey, Love Tribe. I just want to ask you a few questions. I want to know why you guys are here. Are you here because you want to stop bickering with your partner? Do you want to feel truly heard? Are you looking for ways to reignite your sex life? Or do you want to feel more emotionally connected with your partner? And let's not forget about the fun. Do you long for those fun, giggly moments at the beginning of your relationship? Over the last decade of hosting this podcast with Chase, these have been our top questions. And we get it. We've been there. And that's why we created Spark My Relationship course, because we wanted to put the tools to unlocking a fulfilling relationship right in your hands. So we're offering this course, Spark My Relationship, for only $100 until April 6th. In less than 90 days, this self-paced course will help you create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner all while having fun doing it. We've collaborated with over 15 psychologists and therapists to bring you the strategies that marriage therapists teach their clients. This offer is only going to last until Saturday, April 6th. So head on over to our website, sparkmyrelationship.com and use the code FLASH24 at checkout to get the course for only $100. That's nearly 60% off and it won't last. The sale ends 
April 6. That's sparkmyrelationship.com and use the code FLASH24 to get our course for only $100. Hey, Love Tribe. I have just a few questions for you. I want to know why you are here listening to the podcast. Are you here because you want to stop bickering with your partner and you want to feel truly heard? Or are you looking for ways to reignite your sex life? Or do you want to feel more emotionally connected with your partner? Or do you just long for those fun, giggly moments of connection that you used to have at the beginning of your relationship? Well, over the last decade of hosting this podcast, those were the main reasons people tuned into the show. And we get it. We've been there. So we created our course, Spark My Relationship, because we wanted to put those tools to unlocking a fulfilling relationship right in your hands. We're offering $100 off our course, Spark My Relationship, which is a self-paced course designed to help you create more passion, improve your communication, and build a strong more intimate connection with your partner and have an amazing time doing it. We've collaborated with over 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies that marriage therapists teach their clients. So to unlock this special offer of our course, our listeners can visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock to get $100 off. That's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. How can we start to to shift out of criticism? You know, we notice something in our partner and we want to bring it up. How can we bring it up in a way that's not critical? Mm-hmm. Well, we've we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but I'll I'll just kind of unpack it a little bit more. I would say catch the impulse and just trying to suppress it typically doesn't result to lasting change. So if we can slow down, give it some room and space. I know that's difficult. We all typically are living pretty busy, full lives. But if we're looking at what is going to be on the other side of this effort, that our, we have a concern and that our partner is going to respond to us, and then the iteration of that, like you're saying, the practice of that and what that can lead to, So if we slow down, give it some room, get curious, there's tons of questions we can ask ourselves. I've given one example, which is if my partner were to do X, Y, and Z, or so I'll give just another simple example. So my my husband, not so much now, but he used to, I don't know. It's so, so strange to me, but he would in, in the, in the doorway and he's six uh, three, so his I think he's got like a size thirteen shoe. But he would leave his shoes in the middle of the walkway, and I was like, I would come in, I wouldn't always be looking down, and it would just drive me nuts. So I would want, I mean, the impulse is to be like spot off, I spot off at him, like, <laughs> and so it's really not a thing that I have a lot of charge around, but. I couldn't quite get like what, you know, if this is an issue, like what, what's in it for me. And it wasn't a big deal, but it was, if I said, okay, if my husband were to move his shoes off to the side, what would that allow me to feel? And I was like, oh, I would feel safe, safer. Like if I have groceries in my hands or, you know, I've got different things I'm carrying, like I feel safe to enter in unobstructed like that. That's not a not a not thing, nothing thing, right? And so if we can ask questions around the thing that I am taking issue with, if I were getting the thing that I wanted, what would it allow me to feel is something to kind of get some understanding around because that's going to point towards our experience. It's not going to be <laughs> because look, there's times where my husband will do something and I'm like so upset with him. Like we play beach volleyball and he gets super competitive on the court and couples are notorious for struggling, like playing together because of what it can feel like. And there's times where I'm just like, I feel so justified and so can like, I can journal about it and write all the things. And then if I like get to a place of like, what this means for me or what I feel 
and it's just a quality. It, it feels different in my body that I, I get a, it's like almost a resonance of like, Oh, okay. That's my, that's for me. So on the court, I feel embarrassed or I feel, you know, I, I, we don't need to go into that example, but if I can get in touch with what I'm experiencing and I can feel resonance that feels a little bit more raw or touches a nerve, then that gives me some indication that there's like something there that I could reveal that may be a little bit more vulnerable. And again, there's tons of questions to ask, but it's really accessing the meaning. Like this, there's significance here. There's meaning here. Can I try to understand that individually first before I lay it at my partner's feet? That's going to really help set up. And then if we can put it into, here's what I want to let you know that's happening for me. So if I give you the reveal, it's almost like when X, Y, and Z happens, here's where I go. Here's a story I tell myself. Here's where I go emotionally. Here's what's happening for me. And if there's the vulnerability and we can offer that, that's usually very, very helpful because it softens it completely. It's very disarming. Or secondly, we can lead with a request right with my husband to the point about him sometimes in the past he doesn't shut down nearly as much as, <laughs> as he used to and i think we've worked our dynamic and gained a lot of security and trust together but i remember years in we were in santa barbara at the time we were driving to my friend's house and we were in conflict and he was wanting to pause and i just was like feeling that insecurity in me. And I remember asking, I was like, okay, what is it that I need? You know, I was trying to like, get at like, what is it that I'm needing here? And I got in touch with like something about, I just need to feel reassured or if it's genuine for you, can you tell me that you do want to work this out? Like it seemed obvious to him and not worth stating, but for me, it was everything. I could so tolerate us not trying to resolve it if I knew he wanted to work it out. Right. And so he was able to say, yes, of course I want to work this out. And I was like, my nervous system just relaxed. And I was like, okay. So that was a request. Yes, it was vulnerable, but it allowed for that connection that creates an opening. The conflict's still not resolved, but at least there's some runway we have to be aligned and be for each other. I love these specific examples. It's so valuable. <laughs> and I'd like you to share, you laid it out, but could you share what exactly the dialogue looks like with your husband's shoes in the doorway? Let's say, you know, you examined it and you did want to make a request. How would you do that? So I don't remember how I actually did it, but <laughs> just as we're talking here, I would say, so I know I've teased you about your taking your shoes and leaving them off in the in the doorway and i sat with it for a minute and i recognized that there is meaning there for me and when i kind of tried to understand what that was i realized i want to feel safe when i enter into the door that if i have my hands full and i'm not looking down that i'm not going to trip or yeah that i and I could see for some people it would be even like that I feel thought about, that I feel considered if we're sharing space together. But it, it was for me more about safety. So I would say something to that effect around there is a little bit more here that I want to share with you around what it means to me and um, want to ask if you'd be willing to consider my safety <laughs> being able to walk through the doorway. Yeah, thank you. And and I love that. And I love that example because it could seem on surface trivial, but it's not. And it's all these little things in relationship that if they're not addressed, can build resentment, can hurt the connection. And like you said, everyone's going to have a dif different relationship with a situation like that. But I would feel safety, but I would feel that my partner doesn't care, you know, if, if, if they're just like, oh, whatever, I just put my shoes. And the reality is, is there's also probably not a lot of intention around. They're not putting the shoes there in order to make you feel less safe or that they don't care. But this is what relationships are about. It's about two very different people. A lot of times, as much as we feel like we're aligned, there's going to be these differences. And then being able to articulate 
how we feel around them in a way that it, it's not about preventing the differences and the conflict. So I think it's so important to have these skills of of addressing it, of not suppressing these feelings and, and being able to bring it to our partner and our partner being able to receive it. We've talked about both sides that that then we don't get defensive and go, well, I've, I, I didn't mean to put my shoes there. I wasn't trying to trip you. It's it's taking that pause and and listening actively and then uh doing the dance. <laughs> no kidding. Well, and to your, just as you're kind of reflecting and kind of giving some more kind of summary to this, I want to add that a lot of times when we lead with criticism, with that intellectual approach, it is a form of protection because again, it's not as vulnerable. We're, we're using logic. And while that works in other arenas, it's typically not effective in relationship. And more importantly, Couples get so incredibly stuck on convincing each other, leveraging, well, nobody else does it this way, or this person said, or, you know, it's like we're trying to convince each other. And in all actuality, we don't have to have the same standard of cleanliness, the same standard of promptness. It could be many differences. So it's not about trying to turn your partner into the way you want them to be. It's more about how do we care for each other? And yes, like we are free to be who we are. And if we are considering one another and what it means to the other, there's things, many things that don't mean that much. There's so many times where I'll be meeting with a couple and one partner's like, I do all of these things. And they list all these things. And the other person's like, like it doesn't really hit the mark. Like it's just this other thing that they're really wanting. And so it's like, we're going to be showing up for each other. And if we're going to be trying to hit the mark, like having these deeper conversations that really helps land and, and really connect, like that's what we're typically co-creating in relationship. And so it's more about cultivating that care, that love, that consideration, rather than like, I agree with you, or you're right, or (laughs) I'm now a different person. I mean, yes, we want to be persuaded and influenced by our partner, but like, typically those debates don't go very far. Yes. And that's such an important point. And I'll just share, I had this moment, I was dating a girl and it was around uh, her dog in my house. And the dog hair really bothers me. Like it, it's just a visceral thing. It just really bothers me. And I explained this like in an adult way. And then she tried to convince me why it shouldn't bother me. <laughs> and <laughs> I was just like, I mean, needless to say, we're not seeing each other anymore. And it's not just the dog hair thing. But yeah, it made me realize how important it was to just feel heard and understood. And also like, I didn't expect her to like, keep her dog outside. We could have found a compromise, but don't try to psychoanalyze my issue with the dog hair. Just acknowledge it. And and then let's try to figure out a way around it. But I think that's like a death knell for, for any relationship. If we're trying, and that could be the other side, if you're trying to convince your partner, whether it's through rationality and psychoanalyzing them or saying, well, I did this, this and this, it's like, get out of that game from both sides. So I just wanted to share that because it was just so clear to me in that moment. I was like, I, you know, how do I bring this up? I actually took a couple of days to think about it because she loved her dog so much and I didn't want to hurt her feelings. So I, I was very deliberate in how I brought it up. And <laughs> it was just like, well, let me tell you why, why it's not gross. And, and I'm like, it was, it just kind of floored me. So No kidding. I mean, you prepared for it. You knew it was potentially going to be a sensitive conversation. You took a risk and it didn't feel like she really held any space to really hold value and significance around what that meant and, and, and support it. Right. I mean, and to your point, like one thing that can happen is we can hold space, get curious, and it can deepen when we really feel somebody's listening more might come up to the surface. Like I'm suggesting, oh, we can do a little preparation so we know enough to bring something. But also what can happen is if we have enough safety in the dynamic and just to say, oh, wow, like this really bothers you, right? Like, tell me more. Like, you know, without even having, I think 
people get stuck here because they feel like, oh, if I listen deeply, then you're going to think I agree with you or that you're just going to get your way. But if we can just really hold space, we're going to get to some new learning that likely will be a game changer. Because if we can really understand, like I work, you know, I'm totally, I have no idea, but like, you know, having a clean home or feeling like I can feel relaxed in my home, or I really take a level of intention about the space and what that does for me. And like all the things like, and, and just to have real unpacking of that, like that's meaningful to feel like your partner can really hear that and then even know more and that it can deepen is, is really important. Exactly. And and that's the point. And one of the big, beautiful things of relationship, it's not to prevent these conversations. It's actually to have them to understand ourselves better, to understand our partner better. And, and exactly as you're saying, to deepen. And that's really a beautiful thing to feel heard and understood. I think that's like fundamental to being human and in a healthy relationship. That's what we can constantly be doing. And, and it's really beautiful. And I'm just, I'm thinking about you and, and that response. And had I had that, it, it would have felt, yeah, it's like, okay, I feel heard. We don't have to keep the dog outside. And then, then we have this conversation and it can be really just a, a beautiful tool for growth. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like to feel like somebody has got your back that like, yes, I, I understand now more that it, what this, your home means to you and what the space feels like for you and what that allows you to experience. Like, I want that for you and I don't want to take away. And how do we work together? And, you know, it is a kind of a creative process. Sometimes we don't know what the solution is, but if we can stay in that understanding what it means to both something new will emerge. There's been many conflicts that my husband and I have had that sometimes have taken us months, sometimes certain ones years where we have a difference and we don't have the solution. But if we stay in the wondering, we'll come up or or something will emerge that we would have never gotten to had we not been engaged in the process. Well, you've given us a lot of tools today to to engage in this process. I really enjoyed this conversation, Jessica. So thank you for taking the time to come on the show. Before we wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online? And if there's anything you want to leave our listeners with, and then we'll say goodbye. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me. So I have a podcast as well, Empowered Relationship Podcast, and I interview other people. I sometimes deliver episodes myself. I also provide a lot on the website in the way of more information. I also offer coaching. I have a wait list at the moment. Um, However, I do work with clients, both couples and individuals. And for listeners who are interested in workshopping this a little bit more, I have a free relationship guide that I can give you. It's shifting criticism into connected communication that gives 22 examples what a critical tendency is with a side-by-side comparison of what a more connected setup would be where we're doing this reveal and this request. So it gives you situations like an actual excerpt of 22 examples and then what a critical tendency or statement would look like and then how to reverse engineer that and what more of this connected language would work. Sometimes having language is really helpful. So I'm happy to send that to you. Beautiful. We will have those links in our show notes and on our website. And thanks again for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, And while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge... We really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. 
We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners. If you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock, we've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com